Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. It's Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope that you all had a very happy Easter weekend. If you celebrated that, it came to us very quickly. And we have a terrific show for you today. First of all, uh, coming up in our segment one, Heather's going to be talking to us about our skin and skin care and what we're going to need to do. And we have an amazing guest in segment two who's been on the show before. He's one of my favorite authors. His name is Roland Allnack, and he actually normally writes about the about horror and the surreal. In fact, he's a multi-award winning author of The Strange and Surreal. But today he's going to be talking about his new book, The Writer's Primer. It's a practical guide for aspiring authors seeking publication. So that's in segment two. And then we're going to go into the wildflower garden for segment three. So lots of fun things happening today. So our miracle moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. And it is by Albert Einstein. Many of the things you can count don't count. And many of the things you can't count really do count. So I think the message there is the truth. I think the whole message is that we have to learn to choose wisely, right? We have to learn to choose and, um, you know, pick our battles. And so many, I think we get so worried about so many things, uh, bogged down with like, the minutia of life and not, you know, not thinking about every single day of how important things are. So yeah. uh, just a very quick, um, uh, before we start our health segment with our amazing Heather Brittany. So mm-hmm. how was your Easter? I saw that you had some adorable costumes and you wore Easter, your Easter ears and your husband had 
a pink Easter suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easter was, was awesome. great. So we we kind of had our, a little kind of orphan Easter with friends, and we had a big brunch, and uh, there was a big, we had a little Easter egg hunt, um, and there was sort of like wine bottles, you know, mini wine bottles that were in the Easter eggs. Um, yeah, and everyone just kind of made amazing food and drank way too much because, you know, nothing says Jesus rising like a bunny and, and champagne. So it was, uh, it was wonderful. And yourself? Well, um, I went away where my husband and I, where there were three couples that we've known each other for pretty much um, a good part of our lives. In fact, uh, they're, one is my modeling girlfriend and advertising woman who I've known since the beginning of my career and their husbands. And we went to Mendocino up the coast and had a wonderful time. And uh, the crazy part about it is normally we all do family Easter things, but because Easter was so early this year, these plans were made months ago, and nobody realized it was Easter weekend. Um, yeah. But it was so spectacular. The weather was great, and we had a place right on the water. And I think the, one of the things why I booked it, it's uh, called the Heritage House. It had been closed for a few years. It's now reopened. And it was uh, where the movie Same Time Next Year was filmed with Alan Alda and Ellen Burstein several years ago. And that's a play that... I actually played the lead in early in my career, so it was dear to my heart. So it was, it was really a great weekend. The food yeah, was amazing. So the views were amazing. We didn't see any uh, whales, but they, it was. Why had they closed? Why had they closed it before? Well, I, it's been open since um, I think that it was like a like a stop on the way to Oregon, you know, for people, I think it was 1886 or something or 1926. I'd have to look again. But yeah. it's been open for just over 100 years, right? And maybe 10 years ago, it just had fallen into disrepair. I think that nobody was updating <laughs> it the way it was. So anyway, some well, new company sense, came just in. Because I saw the pictures that you sent, and the place looked gorgeous and very, uh, oh, very new, modern, kind of that eco, looking really Oh, yeah. Way, oh, my gosh. But when uh, your so mother, beautiful. my grandmother... When I told her about where you guys were going, and she said she had been, and the way she was describing it, I thought, that doesn't quite, I don't think you guys are talking about the same place, but that makes right. sense now. Yeah, so what it was is um, that it, it, it uh, you know, probably when your grandmother went there, it was just these little tiny cabins, and in fact, your dad and I went there when we were very first married, and we loved it. It was like a little cozy, romantic um cabin with wood burning stoves we, we took our dog with us you know when it was in the woods wow. but uh, on the ocean but really super rustic but you know when you're yeah. only 20 I mean everything is just so great so but yeah. now what they've done a new company's come in and they've maintained the exterior to look really um, you know it fits in with nature and they're still working on it but the interiors are to die for. You open the door yeah. and this huge bathroom with this huge bathtub right on the ocean on the cove overlooking everything wow. and a big deck. And I mean, I, I mean, I took a bath obviously every night. And they give you a bottle of wine when you check in. And there's just lots of hiking. It's just absolutely beautiful and they'll give you binoculars if you want to look for whales and um it's just really quite did you look for whales did you find whales 
I didn't find any whales, unfortunately. We did. <laughs> Were look, you looking for didn't. whales? I was looking for whales because supposedly <laughs> the humpbacks are migrating, but I didn't see them. But, you know, it was just great, and it was really reasonable, and there was a fireplace, and the fireplace was burning when you go in. and I don't know. It was just terrific. And then being with good friends, obviously that's great. So, but, um, so it was, it was good all the way around. It was a wonderful weekend. And now we need to get to our health matters. And I know you want to talk to us about some skincare. So let's get to it. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say too, is I hope while you were out there in this weather and this, this past weekend, no matter what the weather was, um, whether it was sunny or cloudy, that I hope you were wearing SPF because that is going to be one I of the was, key I was. ever good um, and having glowing skin. And more than a great wardrobe or skilled hand in, in makeup or whatever it is, or even you know, having great makeup tips, having naturally great glowy skin is, is the first thing. That's what we want. The, an interesting thing is at these big... Uh, uh, runway shows how they take about two hours to prep, prep the models. It takes about two hours or about an hour 45 just preparing the skin of making it this really dewy, naturally night. And then they just pay a very light little bit of makeup on that. And so that says right there, since we don't have two hours every day of doing it, is kind of making it more of like our lifelong, um, our daily regimens and how these little bits throughout the day, um, we can create that lovely glowy skin. And first off, a big thing is genes, genetics are one thing for, some people are just are prone to really uh, tough skin, you know, that they have all kinds of, of uh, irritations and breakups and uh, breakouts and scars. And some people, it seems that they get a pimple in their whole life and they just have that natural thing. So some people have just naturally genetic things working for them. And we have to realize that for every product out there, every regimen, every tip, is everyone has different kinds of skin and complexion. And and we uh, narrow it down into categories, you know, as, as oily, dry, complexion, just to simplify it. But a lot of things that we use in our skin at one age um, is no longer, uh, will no longer work the same. Or your body your skin changes as you age and you need different right I've seen my changes every day I mean isn't it true that every day our body sheds 30,000 skin skin sin skin cells so it replaces it with new ones so our body is really changing every day yeah, so think everything changes. So with that, with every day comes a new day. And as we know, there's probably some days we look in the mirror and we think, wow, and other days we think, oh, my God, this line and this and this. And a lot of times that has to do with what's going on, our environmental factors, what we're, what we're putting and not putting into our body. So first, number one um, and number one, two things that just seem like givens is smoking and, and sunscreen. Kind of hand in hand of don't smoke and always wear sunscreen. So there's two things you want to just think you're one and two. And just think of also one thing is we know with smoking of all the horrific things that it causes to our bodies, but it can actually kind of change our genetic makeup. It slows down um, our, our reproduction cells. It fills us with free radicals and it changes our molecular levels. And at night we know when we go to bed, uh, we don't know the, the correct, the real true science yet, but what we think is what happens, why we have to sleep 
um, is when we go to sleep, we regenerate yourself. And, and when you sleep, you really show it. When a good night's sleep is really shown on your face, so is a bad night's sleep. Or so has no sleep, been out in the town drinking all night. You know those days when you look in the mirror, your face looks dull and puffy and dry. Um, start, start with the first thing of rehydrating from the inside out. When you're dehydrated, not only do you not feel good, but your skin looks really dull, too. Your skin, you need those water-complexing things. So one... Well, I mean, as you said, because water is so much of our body, we need water for everything. Uh, We need to drink a lot of water. water. But start by first, you know, always, you know, making sure you stay hydrated and drinking in that way. But things in the morning that you can do, of uh, one thing, if you have any kind of puffiness, probably you've known this for a while, but using ice cubes or cold spoons... But after you wash your face, to rinse your face with cold or icy cold water. And what that will do is after you've washed your off all the soaps, is that helps close the pores up. Well, I love, I'm, a, I'm the worst, is I love hot, warm, it's not hot, warm, I love hot, hot water. And unfortunately with hot, hot water is it's not really that good for your skin, is that hot water dries out your skin. It takes out those oils. So if you're like someone with me, after you've used the hot, hot water, which you should really only be using lukewarm, um, use an icy cold water. That's going to help close up the pores. And then using an antioxidant serum on your face every day. And this is, goes for everyone has, uh, as we age, our faces have, have different needs for them. And I'm starting to notice that as I'm aging, as I'm aging at 30, almost 32, or almost 31, Oh no! Almost thirty-two. Goodness gracious! Um, and, uh, that, <laughs> now, uh, now it's going to be time to go backwards. You know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what we want to do. With honestly, with our skin, is we we want to ret- we want to turn back the clocks. And and I started know you know under eye creams and different lotions how certain things that used to work dry out my skin. And as we age, the collagen, the elasticity in our skin changes. It gets saggy. So instead of having to get those Botox or use those things as a last resource, it's just having that really nice skin. So speaking again of just with with, uh, collagen, something, um, so antioxidant, these serums that will help kind of boost into the skin, is starting your day off, starting, you know, we're talking about starting your day off on the right foot too. Uh, Once, you know, you're getting that bright and sunshine that's going to help with vitamin D and you're putting on the SPF, putting on SPF every day, um, don't just rely on it on, that's in, uh, in your makeup. Put or in a lotion, if you use a lotion that says lotion and SPF, put on lotion and then also put on SPF. And put that on, you know, your neck, your chest, ears, nose, and also on your hands too. And, and unfortunately for me, I, that's a genetic thing, but hands are a way that they age a lot too. And, and also um, your hands are exposed to water, exposed to sun constantly. And it's rarely that after we wash our hands that we're also taking the time to then exfoliate them and put moisturizing lotion on them. And so it gets dried out. It gets a lot of things. So make sure that you do put SPF and lotion onto your hands throughout the day. Um, and even if you can't replenish it, which is always the best, as least if you get that initial uh, base coat, that will be the best for you. Starting off first, too, and I was going to jump back about the whole collagen thing, starting your day with protein. Um, I used to just never be a breakfast person, and I still really am not, but in the last month or so, I just got on to 
um, having pro- making these little protein shakes throughout the day. And I now have about three shakes throughout the day, and it's about 80 grams of protein, which is awesome, um, which before I wasn't getting. And, I, you know, being vegetarian, which is good for you in those ways that, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, good for the skin, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting enough protein in my diet. And what protein does, not only does it help build, bus- uh, build strong muscles and bones, but it helps build collagen. And collagen, again, is what creates that elasticity in our face um, and gives it you know, that soft, smooth complexion. So, so if someone doesn't want to have a protein shake, which I recommend for, for someone, if someone wants something just sort of a light, just wants to like kind of drink something in the morning, doesn't want to have a heartier meal, but things that would have protein in it, um, eggs, chicken, you know, you could always take leftover chicken from last night and put it with some vegetables. You can kind of, you have fun with it. Put it in with your eggs. You can have a fun thing with that. Um, as, uh, also, sorry, you're with not, exercise. Ex- Heather, you're not saying to make a protein shake, right? You're saying, no, you know, I mean, you're not saying to make a chicken shake. You're just saying, eat protein. Either make a shake or eat protein. Okay. Yeah, it's having just protein, having some kind of protein in the morning. Well, also, too, that helps you with your metabolism, your body. That shows up throughout the day with people who start the day with uh, protein tend to um, uh, less overeat more. And, and, you know, we can get into whole other shows about talking about, you know, proper things going on, too. But another thing is also starting in the morning, green tea. Green tea, um, I, I mean, some days we just need that co- that caffeine. Green tea does have caffeine in it, but it's less than coffee, and coffee also has various um, antioxidants, but green tea has particular ones that kind of work as, um, ant- as almost like anti-retinals that, that work um, to go against or counteract uh, free radicals that can base them in your face. And retinoids, which you might have heard of retinoids sometimes, or retinols, that can be put into uh, makeups. What, they, what retinoids do is they help clear up acne, they reduce fine lines, they boost collagen, which we love, the collagen production. Um, they help lighten brown spots and freckles that uh, over time become more uh, distinctive. Um, and there's all kinds of procedures you can have that are you know, very non-invasive, just sort of you know, more uh, uh, going to a derm- what's that? Not beyond a dermatologist, an esthetician, esthetician um, that can have them removed. Yeah, it. esthetician. But, uh, and that's another thing. I think it is important to probably get facials or you know microdermabrasion at estheticians. You do that kind of thing, and also to see a dermatologist at least you know once a year just for a checkup to make sure that your skin is uh, doing well. Well, we only have a minute left, Heather, so we have to wrap it up. Sure. So my kind of wrapping up is keep skincare simple and give products time to work. So keeping skincare simple, um, a lot of times we might have a grocery list of all the various products we use. Not to say that's bad. It's just know exactly what you're using. Do these things have a purpose? And sometimes certain products work against each other. So if you're using a silic acid or a glyconic acid, that can work against uh, particular retinoids and particular collagen boosters. So we want to make sure it's not that you're putting on something that's actually working against it because it has a product that works for one thing while taking away something else. And that's why giving products time to work. A lot of times we start something, we might have irritation, or we think, oh, you know, I, I want it to be right overnight, and it didn't happen. Allow your skin at least a month or so to get adjusted to these things. See if there's, uh, you know, any improvement. But also make the exception if when you, have, when you use this product, if you think you may be having an allergic reaction to it, any swelling, redness, burning of the skin, 
Sometimes when you first use a product, it might have a light burning, but if this is a continuous thing, if you've used it more than two to three times and it continues to have this thing, I would check with your uh, doctor or dermatologist or esthetician uh, or just use and discontinue them until you start working, until you start uh, talking with them about if this is potentially uh, something that your skin may be allergic to. And yes. that's basically it. And offer for uh, more things that we want to just say about uh, keeping your body and your mind hydrated as well as your skin, we want you to check out org as well as starshellradio.com. And also one last little side thing, happy 30th birthday to the mother monster, Miss Lady Gaga. So, <laughs> oh, uh, no. that one. I realized it was her 30th birthday. Well, yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, I'm back from break. Roland Alnack, a multi award winning author of The Strange and Surreal, will be with us with his new book, which is a little bit different. It's called The Writer's Practical Guide for Aspiring Authors Seeking. Publication. It is filled with every tip that you ever wanted to know and didn't know who to ask. You're coming to the right place. So stay with your life. We're right here on the Voice Network. This is the channel, and you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am. And I'm Heather Brittany. And I'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. 
Well, you're going to be so happy that you are still with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are coming to you live on Voice America, the Empowerment Network, because one of my favorite authors, Roland Alnock, is back with us. And you all know him as a uh, an award, a multi-award winning author of The Strange and Surreal. However, he's here with something new today, and it's the Writer's Primer. It's a practical guide for aspiring authors seeking publication. Hello, Roland. Thank you for joining me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hello, Cynthia. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Well, it is so great to be back, and I just want to remind our listeners of a few of your books that we have talked about before on the show. Your first anthology was Remnant, and I believe that was around 2010, and then you followed that up with Oddities and Entities, and then you had Prism, and now you are here today with the Writer's Primer, although I know that you've done another novel, The Digital Now, which hopefully we'll just be able to say a little few words about, but I was just really amazed at this Writer's Primer, because there isn't anything in it that you did not cover from from the point of starting as a writer to getting published and, most of all, marketing. What prompted you, Roland, to write a, a writer's guide for writers? Well, I, I looked at it this way. I had gone through, as you, you mentioned, a couple of publications and pretty happy with, with how everything has been going. But I, I kept thinking to myself, you know, wow, it's, it's such a steep learning curve for people who come into publication and writing who haven't had the benefit of, let's say, a creative writing degree or an MFA program. So I started to think to myself, you know, if, if I could do something to help myself, a couple of years ago when I started, what would it be? And I thought, well, it would be a lot of the things I've learned along the way. So I thought, why not take those ideas, flesh them out, put them in a book, written from the perspective of someone coming in from outside publishing to see what they would have to discipline themselves with as far as getting writing going, approaching the publishing industry, interacting in a professional way, and starting to build some presence for themselves so they can have some success. Well, and I think what you did here was a great service to people everywhere because I have always been a believer that there's a book inside everywhere, every person. And Absolutely. you allude to that also uh, in the writer's primer. But the interesting thing is, is I really don't think that anybody gets into writing a book realizing the amount of work that's involved. And secondarily, they really don't realize that the amount of money you're going to make just could be zero. So I think what you've done with this book is that you have outlined everything that it takes to do, that is important to do in order to be a good writer, but really the most important thing is how to approach it so that you are doing it not as an amateur, but as a professional. What do you think, um, Roland, was the turning point for you when you first started writing your first book? Because, again, people may remember that he came, Roland comes from working in a hospital nights, and you were, you also were doing, and you did that for about two decades, I believe. And you saw saw life from a different perspective, and that's kind of why you write these surreal and different kinds of books. So what was it that made your turn into being a writer? 
Well, when I, when I first started, I mean, I, I wrote my first short story when I was 16. So writing has always been a compassion. I've always been compelled to write. And over the years, I, I always had the dream of, of getting to the point of a book publication. But I wasn't very disciplined in my efforts. And that was the first big you know, revelation, if you want to call it, was to look at it, it, yes, as a passion project, but as a business and not as a hobby. So the first thing I did to get the ball rolling for myself was to take the discipline and say, you know what, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to approach this as building any other career, I'm going to devote a certain number of hours a week to it, and I'm going to do what you would do in any other career, is start to build your resume. So I had the benefit of having you know a number of short stories that I had written, so I thought, let me start small. I started with the short stories, and as I started to get those published, I learned a lot from editors because... As I, you know, you alluded. You get rejected. Yeah, you you get rejected, but uh, I, you know, I didn't have that background of a creative writing program, so my writing, I, I had to learn. I had to learn that the craft of the business. So, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is this is really two big parts to to being an author. There's your writing, obviously, but then there's this whole other part of dealing with the industry and the marketing. And I think a lot of times what people may lose sight of is all the things you learn in your professional life, whatever it is you may do, you need to translate all those things into the, the publishing and marketing end of your book pursuit. Just because it's a passion project doesn't mean you should take it you know, not so seriously, let's say. Seriously in terms of wanting to be published, but sometimes I think people lose sight of the discipline, the perseverance. And, yeah, there's, there's going to be times where there's a lot of rejections and it's, it's difficult to deal with, and there may be long periods of time where it seems that nothing is really moving forward, but that's the nature of the industry. And that's why I keep stressing in the book, you have to persevere, you have to be patient, and you just plan and you move ahead. The, the book industry by nature, because you can't digest the book in five minutes like you could a song or you know, a preview for a movie, the business itself moves at a slower pace. So you, you have to accept the fact that when you're going to go into a, a book production cycle that, okay, you've written the book, you know, it's, it's probably going to be several months or so before you see it all edited and now it's out on the market. That's fantastic. But now is this never-ending cycle of marketing and interacting and trying to get yourself known and establish yourself and build your reputation. And there's so many things that go into that that you have to learn. And the thing I hear most often from authors and what I learned on my own as well was, you know, you, you want to write, you want to write, you want to write, and you want to be published. And in many ways, that seems like the end goal. And really, it's it's just the first hurdle. Because after right. you, you suddenly realize, oh, now I need to be a marketing professional. And, you know, there really aren't any authors who come into the process understanding that, or I should say appreciating it to start with. And, you know, as you said before, my first book came out. And when my first book came out, I figured, okay, you know, buckle the seatbelts, here we go, the train's leaving the station. And I realized after, you know, saturating my uh, friends and family sales circle that, wow, <laughs> nobody even knows I exist. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I realized, boy, the marketing is, this is really what it's about. It, the, the book's the one thing, but it's really the marketing and the industry, the discipline to approach the industry and learning how to interact with it properly. And I really appreciate that you spent so much time on marketing 
Because uh, what I've always told authors or aspiring authors or writers when they've asked me, and they, they, again, they do think exactly that the hard work is the writing, but I believe that 98% of a book is the marketing. And I'll never forget when I was first writing one of my books and my publisher said to me, and of course, I kind of didn't believe it, but now I do, is that once you write a book, it's like giving birth to a baby, and it's your child forever, <laughs> and you can never let it go. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll just, it'll just, you know, flounder, and it's true. So once your book is out there, you are always marketing it. I mean, maybe you're not doing it, you know, you're not, maybe you're not going to every award show and every conference and book signings and stuff down the years, but you'll always be talking about it just like I'm talking about Remnant now that is your first anthology, you know, or, or any book. So I think that that was really important that you wrote about that in the Writer's Primer for those of you just joining us, we are talking to multi-award winning author Roland Allneck, and he has written a really terrific a practical guide for aspiring authors that want to get published. And you can go to his website, rolandallneck.com. That's R-O-L-A-N-D-A-L-L-N-A-C-H.com. So let's get back to some of the nitty gritty, some of the other things. People tend to think it's going to be kind of easy peasy that I have a story to tell, I'll get an agent, and then the agent gets the publisher, and then the publisher does all the work after that. But in this day and age, times have really changed, and the self-publishing has changed the market immensely and made it so much more possible for people to get their words out. But again, words of caution, edit, edit, edit. Absolutely. Talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that, that when, I, when I speak to people and, and other authors is for people to understand, to, to think of yourself as a business, because it, it's true in so many ways. You as the author, it's like you're the manufacturer, you're the brand, your books are your products. So even with the best marketing campaign in the world, if you don't have a solid product, you're only going to get so far. So that, that's first and foremost. You know, there's the old saying that write the best thing you can possibly write, and I absolutely agree with that. But you also have to understand you have to get it into the best possible shape you can get it before you put it out on the market. Because you can talk a lot about your books, but eventually the writing has to stand on its own. And if you can interest people to read what you've done, but the work doesn't necessarily measure up to, to market expectations, it's going to be very difficult to get the book notice further. It's kind of like you're going to be trying to get past yourself. So certainly it's very important for people to do the absolute best they can to get the book in the best shape it can be. Unfortunately, editing is probably the most significant cost factor prior to publication. And for many people, since self-publishing is such a popular option, editing is something that you, you have to pay for as part of the book production process. Because the cost can be daunting. Uh, people may be inclined, as that being the largest cost center, to trim on that. And that, that's probably the greatest mistake that can be made mistake. moving forward. Yeah. It, it really has to be in the best shape it can be. Once the book is out there and you have a solid product, then you know, you're, you're kind of unencumbered with having to go back and have to do revisions. But that's all done. You have a solid product and now you can move forward. Plus, it also sets the stage for you 
uh, one, of, one of the things I stressed in the book and one of the things I learned, you know, on my own when, once I, I started publishing books was, you know, that there are a few tried and true ways to build credibility and validity for the work you've done. And that's getting good market-level reviews from professional reviewing services. And if you can, a few book awards. You know, there's, there's roughly around a million titles published every year in the United States, which, which is a crazy, crazy number when you're That's one a of those crazy number when, yes, when you're a new writer or even an established author, and you're only as good as your last book sales, unfortunately, um, it is daunting to think how many are coming into the marketplace. But, yes, talk to us about the different awards, because you have won unbelievable amount of awards. You have so much critical praise for your book, but, again, you are really a wordsmith. You really know how to put sentences together that just enthrall people. But I am sure, too, it, has, it was a lot of revisions that you did. So talk about the awards, because being an award-winning author does give your book some prominence, and it gives it clout. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, awards are a bit of a, a, a tricky business because you don't know if you're going to win. <laughs> so it, it's a lot of time and investment. But I always looked at it this way. I, you know, I'm a perfectionist. I, you know, dwell and dwell over my, my work. And it's, it's a big moment when I decide to myself, okay, this is the absolute best I can get it to be at this time. And, of course, in hindsight, I always look at it and go, I could have done a little bit better. But, um, you know, in terms of trying to go out and getting good reviews, going for awards. I think if you, as an author, if you really put your passion for what you wanted to do, let that come through into your writing, and you, you take the time and the investment to get it as best as it can be, then the, the awards will, will come. They'll, they'll, they'll find you once you, you submit to them. Because, you know, your, your book is only going to be as great as, as you've, put the effort for it to achieve. And if you put all that effort in, you make that investment, then the opportunities are there. Unfortunately, because, uh, you know, the pathway to publication has become uh, much more open for people, which personally I think is great because the more, I think the more people get to write and publish, it's, it's wonderful for the publishing industry. But, uh, you know, the unfortunate reality without, sounding mean is that some books come out and they, they really didn't go through a, a proper uh, editing process to get out there. And well, you know, I'm going to jump in here just for a second because I, when you wrote about this in the Writer's Primer, uh, there was an example that just came vividly back to my mind. Being a, a radio personality, I get a lot of pitches for people to, you know, that want to be on who are authors. And this woman sent me a book that she had written, and I will not say the title or anything, but when I received it and reviewed it before I wanted to invite her on the show, Roland, it was gibberish. And I was really astounded that it had been published. You know, it was one of these self-published things, and I I don't, you know, I, I won't say what company did it, but the whole book was gibberish. It didn't make any sense at all. And it was a whole book. I have no idea why she spent the money to do it. But I had no idea what she was talking about or what the book was about or anything. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough reality of the publishing world. What, what, what makes 
that reality very difficult for the people who do put the effort into their books and for publishers who really do vet the, the quality of the work they put out is that it's a numbers game. Like I said, there's, there's close to a million yeah. titles that come out. And from an author's perspective, you always have to keep in mind what a reader may be thinking. And for a reader to see so many books, they don't know which one was done well, which one doesn't, wasn't done well, which one could have used more editing, you know, which one is a really, you know, magnetic read that they won't be able to put down. And, and that's where all the marketing comes in. Because, you know, people say that, that publishing is so tough and their books, you know, it's so hard to get a book to go anywhere. And you, you hear a, hor- a lot of horror stories from authors who publish and then they don't realize anything for their book. And, you know, there, there's a huge marketing fatigue, I call it, when, when people come out with their books because the, the market is... You know, let's be honest, the market is pretty unforgiving. You have a small group of major publishers and A-list authors who probably get, you know, 90% or so of the attention, and everybody else has to compete to, to be noticed. And, you know, really, so much of marketing is, I, I always make this point with people, is marketing isn't about selling. Marketing is about building awareness, because people need to know mm-hmm. about you before they can be interested in you and, and read your book or your short story, whatever the, the case may be. So really the first thing is to, to build awareness for yourself. And awareness is about distinguishing yourself from the crowd. And you know, going back to the, the idea of, of having a few book awards or even one award, anything you can find as an author to set yourself apart is a huge benefit for you in your future and for your book or, or books being the, you know, however the case may be. But it's so important for authors and, you know, I, I always say there's, there's a million formulas for marketing strategies and they're just that, they're formulas. If you look at people who succeed with their marketing, it builds on some intrinsic strength they bring to the table as an author, whether it's, you know, being a writer where you're able to earn a few awards or defining yourself within a particular genre, uh, if it happens to be nonfiction, you know, putting forward your, your professional credentials as validity to, to your work, whatever the case may be, you, you have to look at yourself and find something that's comfortable with you that you can bring out that highlights what you're bringing as an author. You know, I, I like to say that I had this experience working at night and seeing life from a different perspective. And, you know, I, I mentioned that because that's relevant to what I write and it's relevant to the way I depict a lot of my characters. A lot of my characters happen to be outsiders. So, you know, it took a little while for me to realize what, what are things that are consistent in what I'm writing, what are the genres I like to write in, what's something I can say about myself to really try to set myself apart or, or grab some attention for my name. And as you read my, you know, the old platform statement that, that's a marketing, you know, key marketing concept is to try to condense all that in one little piece. And that's how you start to set yourself apart. And, you know, these things, like for me, it's multi-award winning author of the strange and surreal. Okay. Well, but I think that's a great tagline for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it didn't it's, come overnight. It took a while to come up with that. And uh, I think one thing that, that authors need to, to adjust to is when you go through the publication process, it's, it's a very neutral process. You, you don't brag about yourself when you present to editors. 
you know, reviewers, publishers, whatever the case may be. But then when you transition to marketing, you're writing ad copy, and you have to try to highlight things and draw attention. And the way you present things is a little more flashy. And at the same time, your word density is a lot tighter because, like, a platform statement, it's 8, 10, 12 words maybe that you have to describe you, what you've done, your books. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a <laughs> I challenge. Know. It's, it's a definite challenge. And, you know, what you have just learned so much in the it's a very short amount of years that you have been published, and you've just done so well with what you're doing. But I wanted to also address how people should be looking at the monetary rewards of publishing, because I know people think, oh, gosh, writers get these big advances from publishers. Well, that used to be the case, but it hasn't been the case for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. It's only the big authors that we hear about. And then royalties are so much less. And and now, although I come from uh, publishing backgrounds with major publishers, having just received a royalty for 800 books of only $6.32 the other day, I realized, <laughs> isn't that ridiculous after they take yeah. out all their, whatever they're yeah. going to take out? I do think having your own imprint and becoming a publisher yourself is uh, is a very good alternative, as long as you're willing to put in all this effort that you're talking about. Be a professional. Look at it as a business. You know, do all the correct editing. Get the right to cover uh, cover art, illustrators, whatever you're going to do. And, again, the edit, edit, edit. And then spend the rest of the 98% on marketing your book. What is your feeling about that? Well, I wouldn't, for someone who's, who's coming fresh into publishing, I would not recommend establishing your own imprint and trying to, to do all the publishing on your own because it's really important to learn, <laughs> and it may take a few That's books. very true. Know, in my case, it, it took a few books for me to really understand, you know, and you know, I have a science background. I, I work in healthcare. I'm a science student, so I'm I'm used to the idea of, analyzing and researching and a lot of things I've learned is yes it's a lot of reading and research but it's a lot of just observation and looking at what I was doing versus what the top tier of the market segment was doing because you know that if you want to look at it from a commercial perspective that's where a lot of the commercial success is so if you want to be competitive if you want to be taken seriously you want to be as close to that as you possibly can get now of course as an individual, whether you sell for small publish, you're not going to have the resources of a large publisher, clearly, but there's certain things you can do. You know, look at your book cover design. Is it neat? Is it professional? Does it show the title of your book and your author name clearly? You know, if you're going to go with a small publisher and even with self-publishers, certain self-publishers, Look at past titles that they've done. Look at the interior layout. If you can read samples, make sure the editing is done properly. But, you know, all of those things aside, once you go through a few books and you've been through that process, you, you, you start to get a feel for what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and also what's good in terms of market perspective. If you get to that level where you're, you're willing then to take that on, that, those responsibilities on your own shoulders, then I think a self-imprint, it, it's a really interesting option. It, it's something that has become much easier 
today because of print-on-demand technology, because of a lot of the market access that self-publishers have created by their market presence. But what it provides you as an author is a tremendous amount of flexibility. You know, there's everything's a compromise, right? So if you do a self-imprint, you will bear a huge level of responsibility, and there will be a monetary factor in developing your book and getting it to publication. But once it's done, because you've, you've had all that control going in, you now get all the control coming out on the backside. And it's not necessarily about being a micromanaging situation, but just that it may give you certain opportunities or flexibility to try certain opportunities that you may not have even been aware of before. So something may come up and, you know, sometimes I, I, I see things and I say, oh, well, let me go and research that. Is this something that would be a viable opportunity for me? And, you know, sometimes it's wonderful to have a, a traditional publisher because then they can take care of those things for you. Like my, uh, for my first three books, my publisher took care of uh, audiobook conversion for, uh, for my first two titles. And that was wonderful because they told me they were going to do this. The process right, and you didn't know how to do it at the time. I had no idea how to do it. And likewise, you know, I learned so much working with them in terms of the cover design and editing and, and layout and all that, that once I was looking in terms of, well, let me try, see if I can manage these processes on my own, and I started working with my own editor, I, I was like, you know, I at least know what questions to ask from the get-go. And if you have that experience level and you have that comfort level, it makes it much easier to make sound decisions moving forward, which whatever avenue you want to go. Certainly, if you're going to self-imprint and be your own publisher, you need that comfort level because it'll prevent you from making mistakes or misguided decisions. So, yeah, it's, it's a complicated process no matter which way you go. To start with, I would certainly say going with a publisher is a big advantage because there's a, a great deal of hand-holding there. But, and, you know, my, my first... Well, and sure. also, you outline in the Writer's Primer, I mean, there are many small publishers and uh, smaller self-publishers that'll, that will do this hand-holding for you and that will help you along the way for your first book. And that would be the best way to go, you know, you, right out the gate, just so you can learn along the way, just as you did. And I just want to encourage people to pick up, if you are considering writing a book or you'd like to get into the publication arena, pick up a copy of The Writer's Primer. It's written by Roland Allnack. His website, again, is rolandallnack.com, and you can also see all his other books and his awards and everything there, R-O-L-A-N-D-A-L-L-N-A-C-H. Dot com. But I really, I really, really feel that this book is such a, a winner, just as I enjoyed your other ones. But this one is, you really are helping the writers out there find a way. You've given them a path. Thank you. Well, I, I really believe in giving back because I look at all the things I've learned from people who took the time just to teach me things, you know, for no other reason but to share their knowledge. So I want to, you know, carry on that tradition. And I thought, what better way than to help out other people who want to come into writing and publishing, but to hand over all the, all the things I've learned and to do it in a format that's 
very, as the title suggests, very practical, very pragmatic. So people coming in, there's to demystify a lot of the confusion, show them reasonable things they can do moving forward. So I'm well, glad, I'm glad I'm that comes across. It, it totally came across, Roland, but more than that, I mean, you really did get into the nitty-gritty. I mean, it's everything about, you know, ISBNs and, uh, you know, audiobooks and what to do as far as blogs or getting reviews or things for free, and then you have a whole reference checklist at the back from cover letters to submissions to queries. I mean, you really touched on everything, and you've divided it into um, different parts from regarding the literary craft, basic writing mechanics, the short story marketplace, uh, novels, which is, uh, you know, a whole different thing from nonfiction, and, of course, a huge area on marketing. So you just touched on everything. And as an author of myself of six books, I was incredibly impressed with how oh, much research you. and how much knowledge you did. So I want to thank you for that. And, again, um, let our readers know to go to the website, rollinallnet.com, and you can go, of course, to the online stores or ask for it in your local bookstore, the writer's Primer. We have to wrap it up, but do you want to just give us a, a kind of a final, a final few words? Yes. Uh, well, first, just a, a little plugging. <laughs> uh, both the Writer's Primer and my latest science fiction novel, The Digital Now, they are both on a Kindle countdown promotion starting tomorrow morning. So if people are interested, uh, the Kindles will be going for 99 cents. So if you want to... Uh, Take a jump at them. It's, there's a nice incentive there. Uh, yeah, but moving forward, uh, I'll be doing a couple events in the uh, local Long Island area. So if anybody's listening, I will be at the Long Island Writers' House for the next uh, five coming Mondays talking about the writer's primer and publication. And moving forward from there, I have uh, another book that with my original publisher that will be coming out later this year. So... Lots of plans, and uh, hopefully I can find all the time to get them done. But always always well, happy to, uh, to connect with people. Welcome to the writer's world. I mean, you have definitely become a true award-winning, multi-book multi award-winning <laughs> author. And again, let's just give out the names of his other novel that is out right now, The Digital Now. And, of course, we're talking today about the writer's primer. Make sure that you get involved with this uh, Kindle countdown. That sounds really like a lot of fun. And, I, again, go to his website, rollinallnet.com, where you can find a list of all of this. His other books, Remnant, Oddities and Entities, and Prism. And they are riveting reads. I promise you, riveting. <laughs> so, oh, Roland, you. it's always so great to connect with you. I wish you just continued success, and I hope you'll come back on with your other books. It, it, you really do have many, many, many books inside you. I think that your life experience has, has, uh, has blessed you with a very creative imagination and the vocabulary to put it to writing and put that pen to paper and just get it out there and a most eloquent way. So thank you so much for your contribution. Well, thank you very much as well, and thank you for all your kind words <laughs> regarding my writing. Uh, it's always a pleasure well, to be on, and absolutely look forward to coming back. 
thank you. That was Roland Almack, R-O-L-A-N-D-A-L-L-N-A-C-H.com. We are at the end of our hour. I have, uh, I spent the whole hour talking, well, the whole, most of the hour talking with Roland, which has been my pleasure. So thank you all for being great listeners and tuning in here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're live with you every single week from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. That is uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, and we hope that you'll join us here on the Voice America Network. We're on the Empowerment Channel because we really believe that you can change your life and make your dreams come true. We want you to be successful, so it's important to bring you the pioneers on the planet just like Roland. For more information on how you could make a donation to Be the Star You Are that brings you this program, visit Be thestarur.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and hopefully motivate you to be your best self. We want you to celebrate every day because it's all we have and to read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. So pick up a copy of The Writer's Primer and make that your book if you want to be a writer or, again, if you are interested In some other exciting writing, you should pick up any of Roland's other books, and The Digital Now is his new dystopian novel. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Until next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And, of course, be the star you are. We'll be together next week. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. Keep caring. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style. Be the star you are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.